do 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 to the internet further good thing we've already started the podcast apparently oh you haven't what i didn't intend for this to be the podcast i just wanted to hash it out between us no it's podcast we need people to take sides <laughs> team dead team alive uh-huh do we have i mean i've got the recording i just maybe you can just have me ranting at nothing for a while <laughs> also with Ebony Moore there, the guy who can, like, stop and hold people with his mind, I think he grabs Loki and Thanos kills him. I don't think there's any version of that story where he gets away. All eyes are on him at that point. In order to grab something and hold it, you have to know where it is and what it is. When he's handing over the Tesseract, because he's... Yeah, I'm saying he's gone by that point. No, he can't be he's gone by that point, post- because why? his illusions can't hold things. I'm looking it up here. His illusions can't be touched either. He got his illusions from his mother's magic, his adopted mother's magic, who also couldn't be touched. They, when their illusions shattered the moment they got touched. I rewatched uh, Avengers 1 and Thor 2, right, just so I could, like, study for this. And in every instance, whenever the illusion is touched, it's shattered. Hmm. Okay, fine. He didn't use the Tesseract to disappear. No. But I still say either the writers made Loki incredibly, incredibly stupid for five minutes or he faked his own death. Those are the options. I, I think his, his options are, I've failed Thanos once. He's There's no way he's letting me go. He might let me go for a bit, but then he's going to come hunt me down. Even if I survive the dusting, I'm dead anyway. Make a shot. Bullcrap. He is a survivor. We've talked about this. He will extend his life for five seconds if he can. He'll extend his life for three seconds if he can. He's never going to say, well, I'm dead later on. Might as well give it up now. Well, okay. How does he get off the ship then without Thanos knowing? And don't say illusion because it wouldn't work. Because there's just like, there's six people watching him. He needs to be able to break off the illusion at some point. We're sure the illusion of Loki can't hold actual stuff. Yeah, I'm sure of it. I've never seen him hold stuff. It says he can conjure things from nowheres. Welcome to the podcast. This is a three-week-long debate over the first five <laughs> minutes of Infinity War. It will, it will never end until the next Infinity War movie is released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I just This is what I keep coming back to. Under the page for Loki, it says, Master Tactician. Mm-hmm. He's a superb tactical thinker in military situations. He's regarded as a devious and subtle man by his friends. This devious and subtle man decides he's gonna very, very obviously in front of everybody with no no distractions, no illusions, no nothing, try to stab Thanos in the neck. The distraction is his pledge of loyalty. That's the distraction. Yeah, that Thanos is gonna buy immediately because the god of trickery is pledging his loyalty now. I mean, he might. He already pledged his loyalty once. Did he? That's how he got the scepter. He promised to use the scepter, which this is actually the yeah. biggest problem I have. Thanos gave him an infinity stone to go and get another one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it got lost. To be yes. fair, he I think he needed the blue one uh, from the Tesseract because that's what gives him the ability to make portals. And then he can get around and go and get all of them. I think he came across the mind stone or the, the scepter and was like, if I give him this one, and then I get the other one, I can easily pop to and from and get all the others easily. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I just... It's just weird to me. Right, if you're Thanos, you understand how Loki works. Mm-hmm. You can bribe him to do stuff. You can promise him power to do stuff. But you're never going to have his loyalty. Right. And for him to make this big profession about, I'm so loyal to you, Thanos. I'm going to do whatever you want for no reason. 
with no ulterior motives. It's just like, what? Are, come on, how dumb is his, his ulterior motives? There are trying to survive. He's trying to extend his life beyond this conversation. Exactly, and yet he does not try to extend his life beyond that conversation at all. Because he thinks Thanos won't buy it because he already fucked up once, and Thanos is going to put him down regardless of if he's actually trying to profess loyalty. Right. So if he's trying to serve, okay. So either he's trying to survive and then decides at the last second never mind or he's not trying to survive and is just trying to commit suicide it could be i feel like he's trying to survive and trying to extend his life i just don't buy it nothing about loki's personality tells me that he takes the easy way out of any situation especially if the easy way out is death i think the easy way out is tricking people into his death he's done it like three times right that's the easy way out and you think he takes that option I do. Having it's 10 seconds ago saying he doesn't take the easy way out. The easy, okay, you just said Thanos is going to hunt him down. That's not easy. Trying to stay hidden from Thanos is really, really hard, but it keeps you alive for another five minutes. That's much harder than committing suicide, at which point you're done. Yeah, I was also, because I rewatched Thor and Thor 2, Heimdall's eyes glow orange, right? Uh, yes. He can see everyone, but he always refers to them as souls. In his armor, the chess piece has an orange gem. I'm wondering if he was originally meant to be holding the soul stone. Hmm. Like the armor was made for it? Yeah, like the armor's like the glove. It can, the wearer can use the power of an infinity stone. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm. Makes sense. I mean, we never see that happen, but... Maybe of course, apparently it's intent, a magic sure. gem hiding, waiting for someone to throw a loved one off a cliff. Yes, that's where it is. With the red skull. Again, no reason for that to be the Red Skull. Could have been a ghost of any kind. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it, I mean, it kind of, like, it works. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, it was more interesting than just a random Dementor, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it could have been yeah. the Visage of Death. That would have been better, actually. It might have been. Then we might have had the Thanos death makeout scene, which is not better. <laughs> nah. No, no, no. Death can exist in this Marvel Cinematic Universe without him being, like, st stupidly obsessed with her. I'm just saying, you could have had death without the creepy stuff being involved. You could have, but it's pretty, like, core to their relationship. It, like, it's, right. it's easy just to remove death from the situation. I guess. I just give her a tiny, teeny tiny role, have her not even say anything. Mm, then what's it's the like, point of having her? Because it's death. Death is cool. Death is inherently cooler than the Red Skull, who kind of sucks. Who got beat by random guy with super serum. All right, well, one day we'll find out. We'll find out if Loki's actually dead. Yep. Yep. Hmm going to be a contentious argument until then yes so how was your mother's day wade it was good um mother and i went and got haircuts and had lunch wait, wait, wait. mother son haircuts well we we both go to the same hairdresser to get haircuts or we just went at the same time gotta say i've never done that with my mom <laughs> well it, it wasn't like we planned it like hey let's go get a haircut together yeah yeah, yeah. no it's just she kind of needed a haircut i definitely needed a haircut and it's like, it's within walking distance of her house. So we went. As long as we're out and long as we're together, might as well. Yeah. Cool, cool. Did you get her chocolates and amazing gifts? I got her a haircut, lunch, a bottle of Bailey's, and plant. Oh. And what? A plant. Oh, a plant. Yeah. A connect for some reason. I was like, and a connect. <laughs> got it. And a plant. I got her a connect, but only for the Xbox 360, so it's completely outdated. <laughs> That's where I was going. I was like, what on earth? Okay, maybe she has a 360. Who knows? They have connects <laughs> for the Xbox One as well. But but nobody buys them. I didn't know that it was a thing. It, uh, they actually originally came with the Xbox One on purchase. Like, they're just like, look, you have to buy it together. 
people are like, do we have to use it? We can't tell you what to do, but it's there. <laughs> I actually used it because it's the voice functionality to like turn on and turn off worked really well. That's what I've heard. That's the only actual use I've heard of it is turning it on and off and like browsing different apps on the console and stuff. Yeah, like the ability to tell it to like play Halo 3 worked really well. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just because trying to find the actual like where you find to go and find your like locally saved games, like installed games, their file browser was terrible. Yes. That's what I've heard is that Xbox kind of peaked with the Xbox 360 console dashboard. And from then on, just future updates to the 360 and the Xbox one have just been bad. The Xbox 360 was radically different by the end of its life to when it started. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying from what I've read and what I've talked to people about, there was like this middle sweet spot. One of the updates during the lifespan of the 360 was amazing. But then from that point on, it was like, eh. Yeah. Well, after that, it was basically just minor improvements and changes. Nothing to like write home about. And then the Xbox yeah. One came out and it was radically different again and pretty bad. Uh, and now it's like kind of like how the 360 was, but also kind of bad. Is it the tiles like Windows 8? Uh, Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. I could, I mean, I had, I didn't know for sure, but I was like, you know what? I bet that's what Microsoft did. Mm. They're trying to unify every device they have into the same stupid user interface, and even though it makes no sense mm. for all of those different UIs. It's dumb. Yeah, but it's it's the fact that they can do it, and it's they're trying to move one architecture system to every device, and then you can yeah. run everything on everything. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but there's no reason to run Titanfall on my phone. Or Word on your Xbox One. Exactly. So stupid. Like, as a like a dictation machine, that would be pretty interesting to see. Like, if you could just no, dictate no to it. going to sit on their couch and dictate an essay to their Xbox. It's not going to happen. I might have done that if I could. <laughs> Instead of writing it, hell yeah. As long as it's good, I guess. I just yeah. always, whenever I've tried dictation, it misses words a lot. And just spend more time going back and fixing things. It's slower than just typing. Uh, the technology's not there yet. And if Microsoft did it, it wouldn't work for sure. Right. So, meh. <laughs> I say. Anyway, for my Mother's Day, I went in with a couple of my brothers and bought my mom a piano tuning because it's been like a decade since her piano's been tuned. Okay. And it was starting to get a little. So we paid for that. Surprisingly expensive piano tunings. I was like, what, like 50 bucks? No. no. <laughs> 50 bucks each, maybe? Yeah. Closer. Definitely. Yeah. Let's just say that. I mean, I guess it's any like service type industry these days. Mm, yeah where they come to your house and do stuff it's gonna be pricey no matter what it is yeah and pianos they're like a specialist piece of equipment anyway so they're up there too right yeah it's not like a ton of people know how to tune a piano so that's true there's a specialist everything with pianos like just getting people to move it you need a specialist <laughs> true well i don't know i mean you can just get regular moving guys to move pianos they're gonna hate it and they'll probably break it in the process exactly <laughs> Anyway, so I did that, and uh, then for my wife for Mother's Day, I took the kids to the store and got some presents and a couple cards and some flowers for her, and it was just kind of a nice little nice little celebration at home. Got her some breakfast, brought her breakfast in bed. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then we went to my mom's for dinner, mm -hmm. and I contributed 10, no, 15 pounds of mashed potatoes for that, because <laughs> we had like 16 people there. 15 pounds of mashed potatoes. Yeah, well, the potatoes were 15 pounds. I don't, after they're mashed, I think they're not as dense. I could be wrong. When you're, like, mashing them, don't you have, like, milk and stuff, so it'd actually be heavier? That's a good point. Mm. I feel like some of it, like, boils off in the water, though, that you drain off. Maybe. And I peel them, so that's a bunch of weight lifted. Well, for those who don't speak pounds, that's about 6.8 <laughs> kilograms. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you for translating. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of potatoes. It was a lot of potatoes. They were good. I'm very proud of my mashed potato making prowess. And then after that, we went to my grandma's house for dessert. It was kind of just uh, all my aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff went over. Everybody brought some pies and cookies and things and just sat around and talked for a bit. It was good to see my grandma. She's nice. Very nice. She is my sole living grandparent. Fair enough. And I am her oldest grandchild, and she always says that I'm her favorite and not to tell anybody else, but I think she says that to everyone. (laughs) Pretty sure. She's very nice, though. (laughs) She says that to literally everyone she meets. Yeah, maybe. She's like, you're my favorite person of all time. So that was my Mother's Day. It was a good time. Fair enough. It was nice. It was a lot of driving. That's okay. There's worse things in the world than spending a couple hours in the car. Yeah. So that's what I did on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And then what I did this morning is you may notice a link in in our topics of conversation. One is called the Chikungunya virus by the CDC. Yes. Which is the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why it's not CDCP, but whatever. So I actually, last year I took part in a flu vaccine study, which I might have mentioned on the podcast or on the channel once or twice. And so the flu vaccine study ended and they sent me a couple hundred bucks for finishing it. And I was like, ooh, that was easy. I didn't get sick or anything. It was fantastic. So then they said, we've got this chikungunya virus vaccine. And I was like, did you say chikungunya? What the heck? I had no idea what it was. Hmm. And we've got a vaccine for that we're developing. Would you like to be part of the stage two testing for it? Which means they've already had like a couple hundred people try it out. Then I am part of stage two for that, which is like a few, like 600 people. Okay. So do they give you it? I don't know. See, the thing about uh, scientific studies and double blind studies in particular is that you give everybody the treatment, but half the people you give the treatment and half the people you give a placebo, you don't tell them what they got. Right. So as to remove the placebo effect from the study, because the mind is a crazy thing. You tell mm-hmm. the mind it got that the body got something and it makes stuff happen. It's crazy weird that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, the chikungunya virus is transmitted by mosquitoes, which tells you that it is part of more of a tropical part of the United States than where I live. Uh, according to this website, it, uh, outbreaks have happened in Africa, Asia, Europe, and the Indian and Pacific Oceans. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like malaria. I don't think it can kill people. Uh, I've been looking at the site for a little while now. I haven't seen that. Yeah, symptoms I just see are uh, fever and joint pain, muscle pain, mm. rash. Uh, chikungunya disease does not often result in death, but symptoms can be severe and disabling. There you go. Yeah, so it's pretty contagious too, apparently. The symptoms of chikungunya are similar to those of dengue and Zika. Oh, which are much worse, it turns out. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so I went in and I had to do, I mean, it was kind of, I don't know, I wanted to streamline the process because it took two hours, but really all I had to do was go in, talk to somebody about how to take my temperature every couple days and record that and then get my blood drawn and then get the injection and then kind of sit around for half an hour while they make sure I don't die. Right. In the immediate aftermath of the infection. So it should have taken like 45 minutes maybe, but instead I was there for two stupid hours because they had me wait between every step of that for a while. It was kind of dumb. But yeah, got the injection, and I'm supposed to measure the injection site to see if, well, not measure the site, but if there happens to be a rash or swelling on the injection site, I'm supposed to measure that and record it. Okay. But nope, I just have a little tiny red dot where they stabbed me, and that's been it for the last several hours. So there you go. So if I mysteriously go missing (laughs) from the podcast 
and the channel. Maybe I've succumbed to the effects of the chikungunya vaccine. It, it's, and, I mean, it's a good thing you haven't been depleting your week-long buffer videos. Yeah, that's very true. It's a good thing I, oh yeah, I have been because of the new patch. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad timing for this now that you mention it. I'm sure oh. it'll be fine. I'm sure it will too. And somebody made the point, I think it was Duddles in the discord link in the show notes he said just you can post some zvp stuff for like thursday and friday because those didn't change at all nobody will even notice that's true so it's a good point i do want to feature some terran stuff because they got they got all the changes i want to see how the new slash old marauders do mm -hmm. on the ladder should be interesting have they actually announced they're going to release the patch when they said they're going to release it I don't think they have. I think I don't I, think they have either. I've been on the all right. So four three patch notes on April twenty fourth. They just did some bug fixes and some co op stuff. But uh, I swear they had a community post. I think it was gonna go live when the new maps go live. So yeah, that was the plan. So that's tomorrow. It's sometime recently. Here we go. So six days ago, Balance Team posted this, talking about the anti-armor missile, yada, yada, yada. Current plan is to release this balance update along with the new ladder season on May 15th, but that is subject to change. Mm. So we just have to assume it's going to post sometime tomorrow. Mm. So I do have some people ready to go play some ladder games as Terran and send me their replays like tomorrow, tomorrow, and then I'll get it up the day after that, along with a video discussing the patch notes. I can do that if you want, but I'm terrible. As long as you're showing new Marauder stuff and new Raven stuff, I'm cool with it. I will, I'll do Marauder Raven only. Yeah, Marauder Raven. <laughs> I've told this story before. If I told this on the pod where mm. I was like, it was a while ago. It was back when Marauders were good. And I was like, I'm going to try this weird strategy against Zerg. I'm going to go mass Marauder and just hit it like six or seven minutes. Because you have to have a lot of Zerglings to kill that many Marauders. Right. And Roaches are useless. At least, yeah, roaches are still useless. And it hits before mutas can come out. Or if they have mutas, it's just a couple of them. Mm. And banelings aren't very good either. So I'm just saying, maybe you can try it against a zerg and get some wins. Maybe. Maybe. At your level. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't work at the pro levels or the GM level. But nah. where we are, it seemed... I, I got a couple of wins with it. And I was like, this is stupid. And I stopped doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this works. I better stop. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I roll, though. When I play StarCraft or I play Hearthstone, if there's a really, really good strategy that I just am winning with, I'm like, well, this is boring. Mm. Let me try something that has closer to a 50% win rate. You want, you want yeah. a challenge? I do. I want a challenge. We've talked about that a million times before. Level scaling, man. It's all about the level scaling. So anyway, Chicken Gunya... Uh, I'll, I'll let you know how that thing goes and the new patch coming up. Actually, no, this it's already out. So we're talking to you from the past. It's true. It's always it's from the past. True. I mean, there could be like people bugging my computer and my mic at my office. So there might be someone listening. Hello, CIA. The CIA could show some interest in a random Australian talking over Discord at it's true. Well, four in the afternoon. I mean, you've got the NSA bugging yours as we speak. Yes, absolutely true. 100%. I do like this meme you just posted in our conversation, too. <laughs> it's good. Titled, Thanos does not like supply blocks. I, I just sort of read it. So I was like, <laughs> show him that. That's uh, good. Thanos is a good villain. We like we like him. Everybody likes him. He's in Fortnite, which I'm sure you've seen. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've, heard, I've seen the aware titles. I'm aware of it. I just don't care. Right. Me neither. Speaking of other Battle Royale games, uh, Radical Heights, which was made by Boss Key Productions, failed to gain any traction 
hadn't apparently any money because Bosky Productions is shutting down. Radical Heights dev Bosky shuts down shortly after new game's launch. Ouch. Bosky had not been doing particularly well after Lawbreakers also failed to gain any traction and money, which is upsetting because I want all games to do well, but... Sure, but what particular loyalty... Oh, they're Aust... are they Australians? No. Cliff Blazinski, who owned Bosky, uh, he was like the lead dev on like the Gears of War franchise, which I very much enjoyed. Oh, he's Gears of War. Okay. Yeah. Follows me on Twitter. He follows you? Uh-huh. Cliff Blazinski follows you. Pretty sure. Hold on. Does he like follow 60,000 people and that's just you just happen to be one of them? Is he secretly a bot? He follows 2,300 people. Oh, okay. It's not special then. It's not. It's really not. Can't remember. I know he's been in my Twitter feed for a long time, and I don't know if he has tweeted at me. There was a thing that happened. Like, I don't know. He's into gaming in general, right? He follows Rockat. Under followers you know at Falcon Mountain, and he follows you for some reason. He does. Okay. I thought that's what it was. Mm. I never realized he was the guy behind Gears of War. <laughs> he, he's a pretty major voice in the gaming community. He's generally a voice of reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did. I scrolled past this tweet of his that starts as of today. A Bosky Productions is effectively no more. Yeah. Okay. Guess I should have read that. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. I don't know. I think we. I feel like we've had some kind of a conversation on the Twitters a while ago, but it was more just about StarCraft. Yeah. It'd be really hard to find that because he has 55,000 tweets. He sure does. I scrolled down like two pages and we're just on May 7th, so... Yeah. So what is this quote? Which quote? So I found a GameSpot article and it says, As for myself, I'm going to take some time off and reflect. I need to focus on myself and family as well as my Aussie, Teddy. Hmm. What's an Aussie? An Aussie? Yeah. Aussie as an Australian. Well, his Australian teddy? He owns an Australian? <laughs> Look, I don't know. Can we do that? <laughs> I uh, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> Me neither. I'm going to look it up. He says his Australian teddy is slowly fading from us. What? what, what? I mean, it might be a teddy bear. But what does it mean it's fading from us? It sounds like someone who's dying. Okay, no, it's his... um. It is Australian. It's a sheepdog. Oh, Australian sheepdog. Yeah. Call them Aussies? Well, no. Aussie Aussie just means it's Australian. As in, like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. You know? Yes. Like, referring to the fact that it's Australian. It's an Australian teddy, which is apparently a short name for a sheepdog. Things I have learned today. Yeah, me too. I had no idea. None. Thanks for educating us, Cliff, as you talk about your company being shut down. Yeah. Hope things work out for you, dude. Not that I can say I've heard of anything that you've done except for Gears of War. Yeah, the most notable thing he's done. It's weird. Like, I've seen some quotes from him, like, where he's definitely, like, proud of the work he does, but he just recognizes that he made it when he was in a dark place. Like, there's some stuff there that he's not super keen on everyone remembering about Gears of War. <laughs> well, isn't that what inspiration's all about, really, though? is darkness it seems like so the problem is near as i can tell is that lawbreakers is basically unreal tournament combined with overwatch a little bit mm, kind of and it came out in august of 2017 that's hard that is some hard real estate to get ground on i mean i've played it like that like a free weekend before it launched it's yeah. there's nothing like super wrong with it the game type was fun uh, they even had the guy that does the voice for Rick and Morty do, like, the voice of the bomb in, like, Capture the Bomb game modes. Justin Roiland? Yeah, that guy. 
Wow, that's cool. You pick up the bomb and it was Rick telling you to go plan it. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. The game had no tutorial system. The tutorials that they had in the game literally just opened up a YouTube browser and was like, here's how you play. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. Because it didn't. Nope. It failed to teach the main mechanic of the game, which was the fact that there were gravity, like low grab zones throughout the map, and that by pushing a key, you could point your gun behind you and fire to use the like it as a propeller to move you forward. Was there was there like a key combination to do that? No, I think it was just on Q or something. Oh. It might have been like shift Q. Who knows? I I I played it for like three or four games and was like, this is not for me. Like, I didn't even find out that key combination. I didn't notice until I watched someone else's video after I'd stopped playing it. Yeah. Well, and that can be fun, too. Like, it's kind of fun to play a game for a while and then be like, oh, there's this cool thing I can do, right? Right, but it, when it's something so cool to the movement system... That's true. You're like, why is everybody else so much faster than I am? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In multiplayer especially, it's not as fun to be like, oh, that's why I've been losing hmm. this thing they never told me about. Right. And the, the yeah. game was only multiplayer, so... Okay, so it's not like you could play the campaign and figure the stuff out and then take that to multiplayer. Uh, that's very different. Very different. The art looks nice. Yeah, not a bad-looking game by any stretch. It's kind of, I mean, I kind of feel like... I mean, it's not like Fortnite stole anything from it, but it's a very uh, Fortnite-y in its artistic style. Uh, I think Fortnite looks more cartoony. This goes for like it a semi-realistic sci-fi kind of theme. Agreed. It's... Yep. Definitely less cartoony, more realistic, but still not really going for photorealism. It's yeah. a lot closer, though. It's one of those times where you need to be like technically savvy with like the words, like the jargon for describing the graphic style, which I just can't do. Yeah, me neither. Like if it's not you 16 bit, I don't about, know how to describe it. <laughs> how about 8 bit? You can describe 8 bit. I can't. I, I couldn't tell the difference between 16 bit and 8 bit. 32-bit oh. or anything like that it's all 16-bit well, 8 is original nintendo okay yeah and then 16-bit is super nintendo sure like i yep. i can understand that that doesn't mean i can tell the two apart i never played either of those consoles oh all right fair enough <laughs> <laughs> wow really you've never you've never touched a super nintendo uh no i have well when, when i started working and i had some money i went out and bought one at like a Kind of like a pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. And I played a couple games on it and was like, okay, I can see how this would have been fun if I was a bit younger. And then yep. uh, because it was, I bought like a, it wasn't super expensive. Like for when you start working, 60 bucks feels really expensive, but it's not. It was like about $60. And I bought like a custom, like not a custom, a collector's edition, like Pokemon one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I like Pokemon. It's a fun game. I played a couple games and was like, well, this is fun. I see what the hype was about, but there's no way there's any new games coming out for this. So I just sold it to a mate of mine who was collecting that kind of stuff. That's an excellent point. Yeah, no new no new stuff for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. As far as I know, all the good Pokemon games have come on handhelds. It's always been for the Game Boy and the DS and the Advance and stuff. They've never really made a great Pokemon game for consoles. Uh, Pokemon Snap is pretty good. I, I'm aware of Pokemon Snap, but I've never heard anybody be like, my favorite Pokemon game <laughs> ever is Pokemon Snap. Yeah, an on-rails photography shooter. Yeah. Have you played many of the Pokemon games? Nope. Okay. Not a single second. The closest I've come to uh, interacting with Pokemon games is helping my kids find walkthroughs to get parts that they're stuck on. Okay. So your kids play Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, they play. We did a thing last summer where if they like did their jobs and were responsible and stuff, then we'd get them 
a DS, and so we did. And they saved their own money to get the Pokemon, and that was cool. I figure there's worse stuff they could spend their cash on. I've probably actually watched more of the TV show than anything else. They're always watching the TV show. <laughs> TV shows like Dragon Ball Z, where it's like 20,000 different kind of seasons. and It's always Ash, and it's always Pikachu. Mm. But the locations change, and the sidekicks change, and the villains change to some extent. Team Rocket's been around forever, though. Yeah, they really need to blast off. They do every episode. <laughs> permanently. I mean, what per- are you saying? I mean, permanently. Yeah, permanently. That's fair. Did you know they're teenagers? What? Jesse and James? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I thought they were at least, like, when the show started, 21. But I guess if Ash can't turn to turn 11 whack in the age they're teenagers because there's one of the episodes where they're like something about working on getting like james says something about getting his driver's license okay and you're like i thought these were adults trying to steal from kids but they're just other kids they're probably misguided and have terrible home lives and you start feeling sorry for them <laughs> i mean th- you start feeling terrible for them until you realize they basically have unlimited funds and unlimited hot air balloons <laughs> It's hard to have too much sympathy for ex- extremely rich people. That's yeah. A good point. It's an excellent, excellent point. Mm. Westworld's real good. I know. Well, West- We're talking about it. Westworld? And you're like, eh. yeah, Westworld. All right, let's talk Westworld. What's it about? Sell me on it. All right. So Westworld is based on a book written by Michael Crichton. You might know from the Jurassic Park series. Sure. Back in the 70s about robots and AI. And it's basically Blade Runner and Fallout. In certain ways, just examining the concept of really advanced AI in human bodies and what does that mean for morality and stuff. Mm. So Westworld Season 1 starts out with this park called Westworld. It's basically a theme park for adults where you can go there and play cowboy. And you can either be a good guy and wear the white hat and just kind of... There are quests you can do. You can help the damsel in distress. You can go find treasure. Things like that. Or you can be a black hat and just basically murder these cowboy robots and like rape and pillage your way through this park it's very um adult level that way okay and so the hosts are effectively human you literally cannot tell if they're a host or not the only way you can tell in the park is if you shoot at someone if they're a if they're another guest if they're another human it won't hurt them but if you shoot it at at a host as the robots are called it will kill them and harm them okay So basically, some of the hosts start to develop some sentience and some consciousness and some awareness of who they are and what's been happening to them over their extended existence. Right. And at the end of season one, there's an uprising and the hosts basically start killing all of the guests in the park. I thought, how do they kill the guests in the park if shooting them doesn't hurt them? Oh, because the person who kind of initiated the uprising is the guy who developed the whole park. He's the brains behind it, played by Anthony Hopkins. His name is Robert Ford. And he basically, yes, he changes all the guns to... The way it works, this is actually a question a lot in season one was, how do the guns do that? How do they... Differentiate? Yeah, how do they differentiate? And it's basically the guns have their way to recognize what they're aiming at. Mm. And when that bullet is... When that trigger is pulled... It basically decelerates the speed of the bullet by a bajillion if it's a human and just lets it explode as normal if it's a host. So hold on, I think I missed something. Is this the the park, is it like virtual space? Nope. So it's a physical park where you just go in and then there's robots running around. Yes, physical robots, physical space. They built physical saloons and main streets and ghost towns and forts and all sorts of crazy stuff is there like any because they're robot the hosts are robots 
would the guns be like connected to a system that could tell and track like people's locations and so if there was a person standing in the direction that the gun is vaguely being pointed at it just automatically slows it down if it's tracking the people in those yeah that's how it works everything's being tracked right um there's a central kind of control station underneath the park where they're tracking what's going on where the hosts are where the guests are they can basically eavesdrop on anything that's happening. Mm. So Robert Ford is kind of a crazy old guy who came up with this whole thing. And he's obviously a genius because holy smokes, these robots, right? Yeah. And he basically decides that humanity has had its chance on Earth and that the robots should take over. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he orchestrates this like big, huge gala celebrating the whatever 50th anniversary of Westworld or something. Mm. And there's all these important investors and board members there. And then he basically has the hosts wander over and just start killing people and has one of them shoot him in the back of the head. Okay. Because he's a crazy person. Of course. And basically season two is the fallout from that. It's like, okay, what's happening? Who's trying to stop this? Can we get control of the park? How are our, I don't know, like how are the hosts who are gaining self-awareness? How are they doing? Right. It kind of sounds like it's um, Black Mirror. Yes. It's very Black Mirror-y, for sure. Okay. With the way they handle AI and, like, make you wonder about it. And it's interesting, too. One of the hosts, whose name is Dolores, she's one of the oldest hosts. She's been at the park forever. She basically is self-aware. She remembers being, like, murdered and raped over and over and over by these people. Okay. And she's, like, taking revenge on these guests and trying to make them feel bad about it. And I've had this conversation with a couple of my coworkers, and it's like, all right, is it morally wrong to murder a robot that looks like a person? Like, is that something you should be punished for? The fact that it looks like a person is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. The way it, the way it looks has nothing to do with the crime. Interesting. If it okay. has sentience enough to the point where it can... If we can come to a consensus that we believe that they have the sentience, it's a crime and it's immorally wrong. Okay, but if they don't have sentience, then it doesn't matter. If it doesn't have sentience, it's not feeling anything. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Yeah. At that point, See, it's a toast. That's what I though. think, too. Right. That's what I think. And so she's like this angel of avenging wrath who's hanging guests and shooting them. And just with this air of moral superiority, like, you didn't think this would come back on you, huh? And it's like, no, of course they didn't. They weren't, they weren't feeling any kind of guilt. Mm. why it's just it's so weird and like i don't know why she's doing it i don't know what her eventual aim is it's very confusing right now my best guess is that she has sentience and then it is a crime but they didn't know that at the time well but she didn't she didn't until she went nuts and started killing people if i had to guess from a story perspective that it's going to be like oh the guests are robot people who've had their consciousness transferred and then but they were just kind of like in a limited function mode the guests or the hosts? The hosts, sorry. The hosts are, okay, yeah. the hosts are robots, right? Yep. They were, I think originally, like, they don't have artificial intelligence. They just transferred consciousness, who were then put in, like, a low-function mode. So they can't do much. They can't break out of it. And then the main guy went crazy and then started flipping the switches and giving them full access. And then the robots still, like, they didn't know, and they have to kind of, like, break out of it themselves. And that's why they slowly go crazy. Realizing that they have full control now. Hmm. I hear you, but they've been pretty clear about that's not what's going on because they can't transfer a human's full consciousness into a host. It doesn't work. Okay. They go nuts within like a month. How long's the show been going for? Like how long's the timeline? Uh well <laughs> that's the other thing. Season one is split between two timelines. 
Okay. And so a lot of season one takes place, I don't know, like 30, 40 years ago. So it's clearly not that. Yeah, it's not that. It's really what it is, is that the hosts have a basic human intelligence enough to pass as human for the most part. Hmm. They have the ability to develop their own voice, their own desires, their own ability to kind of break from their programming and do what they want to do. Hmm. And that's something that Robert Ford and his partner were trying to do for a long time. And so it's a process. And so I guess when I say that Dolores didn't have uh, sentience until the moment she went nuts, that's probably not fair. It's probably been a process. She's probably had some level of awareness for a long time, and it's just slowly been growing and growing until it reaches kind of a critical mass. You really have to think about the way that the, the robots are generating their own responses to things. Right, if they have yeah. some basis, like to start off with, they have a basis that says these actions are good, these ones are bad. You should feel good, feel bad. Right, even if that's just taking a different light, uh, like in the head, it's just like, yep, tick, that's good. Okay, the robot's not feeling anything, but if it's able to then start subjectively creating its own pathways for what's good and bad based on what it experiences, that mm-hmm. that might be what's going on. Where it's just okay, I I see that I so like let's take a uh bartender i serve this person a drink they smiled said thank you that's a good like all right transaction done that's good but something negative happens it starts stacking in the negatives and then they kind of force to develop new responses to the negative uh like the negative experiences which is in this case shooting people Hmm. i like that yeah because that does make sense they do have a certain level of um good and bad they have to react to the white hats and the black hats in the park Right. So there is um, a programmed level of morality for sure. And I can see them uh, kind of developing their own with that base. I like that a lot. There's also a certain part of, there's a theory that's going around now that you can't really grow true artificial intelligence without suffering being involved. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't, This again, this is just magic gobbledygook for the show. But as right. far as for their purposes, if they're trying to create true AI, they can't just put the AI in a host to be like, all right, now mm. go germinate for a while. Yeah. The host actually has to suffer and experience negative things over and over and over before that AI truly comes alive. You know, story wise, it's basically the human experience is suffering to a certain extent. Right. Like that's what makes us human, right? It's, okay. I can, I can see that. Like it's how we survive, not or just our happy memories, but our bad ones too, that make us who we are. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So anyway, I like it a lot. It does it's a pretty good job of doing crazy questions, but also answering them. Mm. Okay. Because I really love shows with crazy questions, but if they never answer them, I go insane. So Westworld's done a good job with that. How do you feel about Lost? I love, loved Lost. I loved Lost so much. I watched Lost every week as it aired. I had a blog where I discussed my thoughts about Lost. I was so in. And so basically, I would, uh, with a couple other people, my sister was involved, a couple of people I went to college with who loved the show too, would mm-hmm. go through and just basically kind of do recaps and talk about what happened and what it means in the larger picture of the show. All right. Because a lot of the time, something would happen and it wouldn't have any real significance unless you remembered something that happened in season three. And so we'd give context for that. Anyway, I loved it. I loved Lost so much. And then, have I told you the story about J.J. Abrams in the mystery box? You know this story. No. Maybe I did it on the channel. Anyway, real quick. So it's about season four of season six for Lost. And I'm like, boy, there sure are a lot of questions, but I'm sure they'll get around to answering them eventually. And then I saw J.J. Abrams give what was basically a TED Talk. And he told a story about when he was a boy 
there was a magic shop in town, and he used to love to go to the magic shop and learn about the tricks and stuff, but his favorite thing in the magic shop was a mystery box. And it sat on the top shelf of the store, and you bought the mystery box, and you didn't know what was in it, but then you took it home and opened it, and oh, now here's the mystery. It's been revealed, okay? So little J.J. Abrams saves up his money, buys the mystery box, takes it home, and to this day, it's sitting in his office unopened. (laughs) <laughs> because J.J. Abrams loves the concept of mystery for the sake of mystery so very, very much. And I said, son of a bitch, they're never answering any of these questions in Lost, and I was right. <laughs> this is a great story. It was a major revelation. I saw that and said, oh, oh there we go, we're done. That was it. And I was right. I kept watching. I watched all the way through to the end. What is this limbo purgatory thing? And they have to like work their way to the afterlife and the relationships that they developed on the island are where it matter more than anything else. But there's certain people that aren't there. And I, just, I, know, I just walked away and I was like, fine, I'm done. <laughs> Did you like watch to the very end or? Like... Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. To thumbs the up, very thumbs end. down. I mean, <sighs> the pilot of Lost is the greatest TV pilot I've ever seen in my entire life. It is incredibly good. So if nothing else, if you haven't seen the pilot of Lost, you should watch it. Uh, I've seen it. On Netflix. I remember when I got Netflix, it was like one of the trending things. Because that's how I sold it to my dad. No, but stuff leaves. Stuff does leave. Search Lost. Lost. Explore titles related to Lost. It's gone. They do this all the time. Mm. Yep. TV shows come and go. Anyway, if you can find it, it might be... Speaking of shows that have come and gone, Hmm. The Expanse. Oh, we do need to talk about The Expanse. You're right. So The Expanse, you may have seen me tweet about this. I've talked about it on the channel. I've talked about it on the Discord. But The Expanse is my favorite sci-fi show probably ever. Hmm. It just It's a personal thing. I'm not saying it's objectively better than other stuff. I'm just saying the way they treat space travel in that it's dirty and dangerous and kind of scary and space is trying to kill you is how I like my space. Right. Uh, Star Trek and Star Wars and even Serenity, Firefly to some extent, space isn't really a villain. It's not a problem like other people are. Star Star Trek and Star Wars, I'll say, yeah, space is no issue. In Mm -hmm. Serenity, I've got to, like, argue with that because there are, like, if there's only 13 episodes of Serenity and one of them is entirely dedicated to their ship is breaking down and every episode there is like a problem with their ship that uh is like well we might not have enough fuel or we can't jump to uh like we can't rabbit in at mode because we'll might cause a blowback there are definitely technical hurdles that they have to cross in uh serenity and firefly to like make space travel possible but that is because they're in a like a hunk of junk ship uh, the Alliance, and they clearly have better, safer space travel. Yes. So, like, luxury space travel exists, no problem. Uh, the Alliance doesn't, like, it doesn't show luxury space travel because it does look like it's a big complex that needs mm. a lot of hands to run it. So it's definitely a big system that has a lot of moving parts. That's not, luxury is, like, a yacht you can take out by yourself. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. All right, Firefly, I'll give you a pass. Also because you're great. It's in the middle. Yeah, but I do love The Expanse. So I started watching The Expanse. Here's the thing. I didn't start watching The Expanse until after season one and most of season two was done airing. 
Because it's on the Sci-Fi Network. The Sci-Fi Network is known for Sharknado. Sci-Fi, yeah. And yes, Sci-Fi. And it's called Sci-Fi now. And it's owned by NBC. I don't know. It just it didn't seem like a place for quality television. And so I didn't pick it up. And I was like, holy crap, this is really good. <laughs> and as far as I know, Netflix is the distributor of The Expanse outside of the U.S. It is not. It is not. Where can you get it? I bought season one through Xbox, through Microsoft. So Microsoft has it in Australia. Yes. Okay. My understanding is it is available on Netflix in a lot of countries, but maybe not. Not here. Not there. Not uh, Australia. Not Australia. Actually, let me check. Because if it's come here, I'll be annoyed that I've paid for the season. <laughs> okay. Well, because it has come. It is on Netflix. Oh. Well, now you're annoyed. Well, I'm a little annoyed because if I end up liking the show, I'll be happy that I bought it because then I can watch it whenever. That's true. That's a good thing. It cannot leave my library. All right. So, yeah, that's the thing is that The Expanse is owned by the Alcyon, Alcyon group, something like that. Halcyon? No, it's AL. AL. Oh, uh, I don't know. I've never heard of it. I know, me either. But basically, the point is that it's not a sci-fi show. Like, they don't, um, they didn't develop it. They don't produce it. Okay. They just own the IP. Yeah, they they distribute it and on the IP. No, they don't own the IP. They distribute it in the U.S. Okay, so just the distributors. Yeah. So basically, last week out came the news, amongst a lot of other TV show cancellations, that Sifi was not going to renew the Expanse for season four, and people were roundly upset, very very mad about this because it's the best programming Sifi's ever aired, and they're like, well, it's not getting the ratings that Sharknado did, so we're going to cancel it. I've only seen two people tweet about uh, The Expanse. I've seen a lot more complain about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, and on a related note, Brooklyn Nine-Nine got cancelled by Fox, and like 24 hours later, NBC picked it up. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, it seems like it's a better home on NBC. I feel like NBC has better comedies like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sure. Fox was kind of a weird home for it anyway. It's on Netflix, so... Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Yeah, old seasons. How many seasons are there? Five? There's no way it's caught up. Oh, your Netflix. Yeah, my Netflix. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I'm caught up on the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I haven't counted the seasons. There are four seasons on a show Netflix. Gotcha. And season five is airing right now. Okay, so it's practically caught up. Yeah. It's basically the Netflix model, one season behind. Uh, So yeah, so that happens. And yeah, okay, so fine. You haven't seen a lot of tweets about The Expanse, but if you go on Reddit, a lot like the um television subreddits banalapons where else have i seen it just random places to be fair the two tweets that i've seen about the expanse are from you and george Harman. right so with our powers combined <laughs> we're reaching upwards of how many followers does george R. R. martin have do you have more followers than george Harman? <laughs> I do not. How many does he have? Do you know? No, I don't know. I don't follow him. You retweeted it. That's how I saw it. <laughs> oh, right. So it was me both times. That's beautiful. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin has 1.13 million followers. So he has a couple followers. Yeah. So with our powers combined, we have a little more than 1.13 million followers. <laughs> <laughs> Your followers are a rounding error in his. <laughs> Correct. His tweet got retweeted 4.1 thousand times and liked 10,000 times. Mm-hmm. And there is a petition. There's a couple of petitions out there, but one's reached 50,000 signatures for the Expanse to get picked up by Amazon Prime or something like that. Mm. Netflix was very quick about saying no, which I found that surprising. Really? 
Yeah, because they were like, well, Netflix already owns the distribution in other countries, and it just should do it here. And seriously, like the next day, Netflix was like, nope. Hmm. Thanks for thinking of us, but no. It's like, wow, okay. There's probably a reason for it. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's some great business reason they have for it, but I was still sad. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's really great. There's the Rotten Tomatoes rating, which I don't know if that really works that well for TV, but it's 100%. And it's won a bunch of awards from TV award things and it's considered really great sci-fi george R. R. martin said it was great he knows what he's talking about chill dude writes fantasy but okay he does but he's actually interestingly enough he's <laughs> coming out with a show that is inspired by him on Sifi next fall okay and that one i saw a commercial for it and i was watching the expanse and i was like oh that seems nice and then they're like the expansion is canceled and i said what this must be related somehow hmm it is called Night Flyers. Interesting. And the teaser's basically the old, oh no, one of Earth's spaceships. We lost contact with it. And the last message we got was, don't come save us. There's something really bad on board. And then humanity says, but we have to know what it is. And they send a ship out to investigate. Right. That's your basic concept. Okay. Sounds simple. Okay. It does. It sounds very simple. But I mean, it's... It's weird, right? It doesn't say written by George R. R. Martin or produced by or yeah, well, it's just from the mind of, which I don't know what that means. It means he basically said, I had an idea that there's something like on a ship and that they're trying to like hide it for various reasons and then the rest of humanity wants to know what it is. That's that, that I'm that's the basic premise. Just roll with that. All right. See you at peace. There'll be 20 grand. Yeah. And see if he was like, here's your fee. We'll hire some writers. We'll put your name on it. We'll call it good. Yeah. Yep. Pretty that's much. exactly what happened. Anyway, so The Expanse, I hope it comes back. Here's the thing. It's books. And so even if it doesn't come back on the TV, the books are available mm. in the process of going through the series. Okay. So it's not like Firefly or just kind of dies, you know? God, I want more Firefly. I mean, it could happen. Look, if they can get another Bill and Ted movie made, they can make more Firefly. <laughs> yeah. I actually did this at work the other day. We went through the main actors in Firefly. Mm. And we're like, okay, so Nathan Fillion just wrapped up Castle. He's free. I mean, he didn't just wrap that up. That was like three years ago. And yeah. He's actually just signed for another TV show called The Rookie. Ah, no, Nathan Fillion. Don't do more other TV. Yeah. Sorry. There goes the whole plan. <laughs> also, Wash is dead, so no Alan Tudyk required. Well, I mean, we could set it in the six months between the end of the TV show and the movie. Eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> the actor who plays Jane and the actress who plays Haley. Nope. I don't think they're doing anything. Uh, I know uh, Jewel State, who played Haley, uh, recently had a kid. So who knows? Oh, uh, is she out? I don't know if she's out or like she's not working anymore. I think she still is. She's just between things at the moment. There's no way this The Rookie show is going to survive. Why? The series follows John Nolan, a 40-year-old man who moves from his comfortable small-town life to Los Angeles to pursue his dream of being a police officer for the LAPD. I've heard of worse premise. I have too, and none of those survived either. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it'll do well. I hope it does well. Why do you want things to suck? So that he can do Firefly. No one's even talking about doing more Firefly. Uh-huh. I saw an article from like 2016 where they talked about doing more Firefly. <laughs> from two years ago. That's that's your trump card? Yep. Marina Baccarin is doing the Deadpools, but she has to die in Deadpool. We've talked about that before, right? Who? Uh, Deadpool's girlfriend. Oh, right, right. What? Why Why does she have to die? Why does she have to because die? Because Deadpool's entire aesthetic is misery. 
a Deadpool that is happy and satisfied with his status in life is not Deadpool. I don't think it's she not. has to. I don't think she has to die for that. Okay, she could break up with him. That's fine too. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh no, that's why she has to die. I was honestly okay. So I love Deadpool one. I was blown away, ecstatic about how it turned out. But at the end, I was waiting for her to die. I was like, okay, so she's captured by the villain, and Deadpool's gonna kill the villain, but then she's gonna die too. Something tragic's gonna happen. No, she's fine. Yeah. Nothing. Ha- she doesn't like lose an arm or anything. I was so bummed because Deadpool can't be happy. Why not? Deadpool's constantly happy. No, he's not. He's manic. Deadpool is manic. Right, but he's- Deadpool can be happy. He's just not happy for very long. He's constantly being reminded with how bad his life is. But that doesn't mean he's yes. not. Like he- he's absolutely bonkers. He's crazy. There's no doubt. But that doesn't mean yes. he's not happy. He okay. So there's happiness of, man, this chimichanga is really good. And there's happiness of, yeah, I just killed three dudes with the same bullet. But there's deep abiding happiness that comes with being in a relationship with somebody that you love. And that's never been Deadpool. He's never had that. Have you read every single comic book ever? Yeah, of the Deadpools. Most of them. Sure. I haven't read a lot of comics, but I've read a lot of Deadpool. Hmm. I was really hoping you hadn't. It would make my arguments way easier. I know. People will agree with me on this. I'm just saying, Deadpool's characteristic is deep and abiding misery that is sometimes punctuated by happiness at small things. Right. He's never truly happy. Right. And I don't think he will be just because he has a girlfriend. It's not just a girlfriend. They're friggin' soulmates. Did you watch the first film? Yes. Okay. That's not just a girlfriend. You know that. Come on. I don't know. I don't like putting silly restrictions on a character like that, where it's like, well, if he has this one thing, his entire character is just ruined and it's not the same. Who cares? Yeah. You know what? Captain America stands for truth and justice. If you make him not stand for truth and justice like they did once, it sucks. When did they make him not stand for truth and justice? He joined Hydra at some point. It was the dumbest thing they've ever done with the character. But I mean, that's not one thing. That's... Him radically uh, shifting his personality type, Uh right? And Deadpool radically shifting his personality to someone who's happy is not Deadpool. No, but you can make the relationship suck. There's stuff you can do. Like It's not like the relationship's just always going to work, right? While he's been Deadpool for over a year while he was supposedly dead, he's probably made a few enemies, right? The ones he hasn't killed yet. You know, they can still do things. Like, they can still twist that knife, Just having a girlfriend doesn't mean his life is going to be instantly happy. Okay, you're right. I was looking at one possible solution to this problem, but there are many. There are many different ways to make him irredeemably miserable, and one of the ways is to make his relationship suck. Yes, and one of them is to kill him. Yes, kill Vanessa. Yeah. Or just have her break up with him. I don't think he has to be in a crappy relationship. I think she could just walk. She could. She could, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, at the end of Deadpool 1, he's all afraid that she's going to see what he looks like and so he staples Hugh Jackman's printout to his face which <laughs> is one of the best best parts in that movie mm. but then she sees him and she's cool with it and she was like Ugh. that would have been great that would have been so good he works his butt off and risks everything to save her and then she's like yeah it just bails oh my gosh I mean she does say it's going to take some time like she's not sure. she's not like you know what I'm into that <laughs> No, but she, it's going to take some time and she's going to try and it's going to work. No, that doesn't... You, you can try and fail. It's going... She didn't say, I'll try to like it. She said, it will take some time. Yeah, she said, after That's a, a brief thing. adjustment period and a lot of alcohol. What if she then, like, in the second movie, turns out she becomes an alcoholic because she can't handle it? 
also very, very good. I'm on board with all of this. She doesn't have to leave the relationship. She can just become a shitty person. Yep, that's fair too. So we'll see. We'll see because Deadpool comes to theaters near you starting like probably Wednesday or Tuesday in Australia. Uh, it's starting in 11 hours, 45 minutes. I can go and see a showing. Oh my gosh, I hate you guys so much. I'm not going to see it for three more days. <laughs> I'm not going to go and see it in 11 hours because that is midnight. And while I will be awake at midnight, I don't want to go to the movies by myself at midnight. And you have work. No, I don't have work. Oh. No. I just don't have you anyone to go with me. I just assumed your uh, coworker was still no. not available and you were picking up the slack. He's back today. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Get your full whatever again. Full weekends. Full weekends, full manpower, full person power to not be sexist. Yes. So anyway, Deadpool coming up. Very excited about that. I really, really hope they do something about the girlfriend because if not, good golly. <laughs> well, anything you'd like to talk about today, Mr. Wade, before we wrap up and do the NBA Minute? No, I don't think there's really anything we need to cover. I guess come check out Falcon Paladin on Twitch. We're going to be playing World of Warcraft. Yeah, that's true. Playing World of Warcraft Legion, and maybe I'll actually be able to play with Wade a little bit. Yeah, because we streamed for like two hours last week sometime, and did zero quests together. That was fun. Yep, because unbeknownst to me, although beknownst to you, the whole first part of Legion is single-player stuff. Well, it's not entirely single-player stuff, because you did get random, like partied up with randoms who were doing it as well. So if I had a level 100 character, I could have done that with you. That's true. It basically was telling me that somebody is the wrong level for this to work, and it was Wade. So weird. Anyway, the point is that Wade and I will be playing together. Wade will find a way to kill me, even though we are I'm playing a healer. Alliance. How can I heal you? How and he's I... a healing class. You have damage spells. Yeah, but I can't attack you with it. That's what I'm saying. I You'll can't... find a way. I just won't heal you. you. Exactly. See? That counts. Killing me through a mission. The games we've been playing, I have to get really creative if I want to kill you if you won't turn on friendly fire. It's it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. But I died so much. In Far Cry 5, I came across a couple ways, though, and it worked great. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, if you haven't watched that final session of me and Wade playing Far Cry 5, and every time we hit something while driving a vehicle, it exploded on us, <laughs> you should go watch that, because it's really fun. It's like, oh, a signpost. We hit it. <laughs> The vehicle blows up. It kills Wade. I somehow travel forward like 40 feet and I'm okay. <laughs> and then Wade figured it out and uh, started jumping off the vehicle before I hit the tree. Uh-huh. It was smart. Yeah. Exceptionally smart of him. So you should go check that out. But yeah, we're also doing the Warcrafts. So come say hello. All right. What's up? No. NBA Minute. Oh, right, 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 right. My apologies. It's all good. can't believe new things happened in NBA this week. I mean, in a couple of weeks, few weeks, there won't be any more NBA Minute. Is there any sport coming back that you can talk about? I'll have to start a NASCAR Minute, and nobody wants that. Do you even want that? Do you watch NASCAR? Nope. No, that's what I'm saying. Nobody wants that. Yeah, I'll do a NASCAR Minute. They turned left. They turned left. <laughs> they turned oh, an left. Accident. <laughs> oh, an accident. They turned left. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. It's the conference finals. Woohoo! Out in the West, we have an amazing, amazing matchup between the Warriors and the Rockets. Game one finished during the recording of this podcast. Warriors won game one in Houston, 119 to 106. The Warriors are just too good. 
They're a great team anyway, but then adding Kevin Durant, he just does whatever he wants. Steph Curry can have a bad game, and Durant picks up the slack, and they win anyway. It's nuts. They've kind of broken the NBA that way. I expect the Rockets to win a couple games, though, make it interesting. James Harden is so, so good. Clint Capella's been playing amazingly well. And Chris Paul is a huge punk, and I hate him, but he is also good at the game of basketball, so I expect them to do something well. Meanwhile, in the East, we have a garbage series between the Cavs involving LeBron James and literally nobody else. He's trying to drag that team to the finals. They're doing a pretty good job of it so far, but coming up against the scrappy young Celtics who are missing their two leading guys somehow, some way, with players nobody has ever heard of, including a couple rookies and second-year players, beat the Cavs in Game 1, 108-83. to 83. It wasn't even that close. Do you need to keep going? Warriors are going to win the whole darn thing. The end. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'll I had to wrap it up there. I'll cut that bit in before I say stop. Cool. That's easy enough. <laughs> I don't have to, but I can Nobody actually times it. Uh, someone might. You don't know. That's true. Ted might. I time it. <laughs> of course you. I mean, not nobody. I mean, like, rando listeners. Thanks for calling me a nobody. Ugh, if you want to take it that way, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> did you get permission from the wife to put up um, the post? I did. Oh. Have I put it up yet? No. No. No, of course not. I'll have it up before I stream. Took you a week to open it, so it doesn't surprise me it's not up yet. It's a multi-step process. Of course. I think we're done. Yeah, I think so. Thanks for listening, y'all, to another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Check us out on the gauntlet, twitch.tv slash gauntletsc2 on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, where we are sponsors. And until next time, as always, thanks for listening, and you take care of yourself. That's as far as I can get, and then I forget what's next.